blessing. The song says, oh, what a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. I like the end of that. The end of a psalm says Salah. Think about that. Oh, what a Savior. Praise God. Sing hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest praise. That's all we have is hallelujah. It really requires more, but we have that. Sing hallelujah. My God. When I think about this Lord we're talking about, I get, I get excited. Sister Patricia read the 24th Psalm. I got, it knocked me down the first verse. It just knocked me down. Who is this king of glory? My God. Woo. We've been excited since Power Hour. If you didn't come to Power Hour, you don't understand. You don't understand. We had a powerful Power Hour this morning. Amen. It was just something. You can be, you know what? Let me pray real quick before you be seated. Father, we're thankful. Oh, God, we're just thankful. Oh, what a Savior. Isn't you, aren't you wonderful? Yes, Lord, you are wonderful to us. Yes, Lord, we're thankful for your, your prophet said he should be called wonderful. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, we thank you today. What a Savior. We bless you today. We thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. Your word lights our way. Your word, God, is a lamp unto our feet. Your word feeds us. This is the manna from heaven. We thank you for the manna. We thank you, Lord, for nourishing these souls. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're letting us know about who you are. You're a savior. And you're wonderful, and we thank you. We bless your name today. Bless your word. Bless the hearts of these people in Zoom land, Facebook, FaceTime, Facebook, live, and right here, God. We thank you for your presence. You said we're two or three gathered together in your name. You're in the midst of them. And so, Lord, we know you're here. There's more than two, more than three. And we thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your word. Have your way. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you can be seated, be seated. If you're still excited at home, you can stand up, shout, dance. He's worthy. This afternoon, I got. I thank God. The Lord blessed me to be here. <laughs> Say that because we were in Las Vegas yesterday. My brother... Uh, gave a birthday uh, picnic for uh, my, one of my nieces, one of my nephews, and so we were gone all day yesterday, and then we came back last night, and then I remember, because I remember while I was there, I forgot to send the message to the pastor and to Camille so they could know what the, what the scripture is, and so I came, rushed home, and got it, and sent it, and then changed it, but, you know, 
But that's the way of the Lord because he knows the audience. He knows who, who's here. He knows who's listening, and he knows what we need. Isn't that right? Isn't that a blessing? He always knows. He knows. Who, he knows. We had a good lesson this morning. We talked about how the Lord knows your heart even before you speak. Isn't that what the word said? Before you even called, I already answered. Oh, my God. It's just too much. It's too much. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you a little bit uh, in the book of 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. I'm going to be looking at the first 15 verses. I'm not going to read all the 15 verses. I'm just going to read a few of those verses and some other verses as well. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 5 is talking about a, a man who was a leper, but he was, an, he was a general of an army. His name was Naaman. And I thought for a title, go wash and be healed. Go wash and be healed. And you'll see why I came up with that, why the Lord gave me that as we read this, but it starts out, I'm just going to tell you the first verse. The first verse in that chapter, it says the king of Aram, which is really Syria, had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. And if you didn't know, leprosy in the Bible generally is a type of sin now just imagine this is a general of the army of Syria and if you try to compare him to a general now he'd be like a five star general in our in our American army and you know they, they make quite a bit of money I looked it up <laughs> they make upwards of 200,000 a year they make pretty good money and you'll see how that plays out in the, this, uh, this message and uh, so I'm not going to read the next next few verses, but what is happening here is he's a leper, and the Aramean or the uh, Syrian army has attacked Israel, and they have brought home some captives. And so Naaman's wife was one of the those that were blessed to have a, a little servant, a Hebrew girl, in the house. So this Hebrew girl, now Naaman is now her master. So she tells her, her, her mistress, his wife, I wish that Naaman, our ma my master, would go to the prophet in Israel and he'd heal him of his leprosy. Naaman goes to king of, of Syria, Ben-Hadad, uh, I think his name was, and says, I need to go there. They say they can get me healed of this leprosy. And so the king says, okay, go. Gives him a letter to take not to the prophet, but to take to the king of, of, of Israel. Now that, it, you'll see how that plays out. But so the king gets the letter and said, and it, 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 what it says in the letter is from the king of, of Syria. He says, I'm sending you naming my commander. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Now the king of, Syria, of Israel ain't, ain't healing nobody. <laughs> So he took it personally and says, you're just trying to start a fight with us and start a war with us. Well, fortunately, Elisha, not Elijah, not the one that went up in the chariot, but the one who received the double portion when Elijah went up, gets, gets word that the king of Israel has torn his clothes off in, in despair because he's thinking we're getting ready to get whooped again. We just got whooped. Now, that, now he's trying to pick a fight with us. And so Elisha finds out about it. 
and says, what are you upset? Tell, tell that man to send the man here. Send him to me so that this man, Naaman, will know there is a prophet in Israel. And that's where we're going to pick it up. We're going to pick it up in verse 8 of that second chapter, I mean, a fifth chapter of Second Kings. Verse 8 says, let her pull it up real quick. Got it? Okay, I think I'm in New Living, but that's okay. Verse 8 says, but when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent his message to him, sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out and meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farfar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. Yes, he went away in rage. So when we look at this lesson, that first verse, here we have a commander, a general of an army. This is a man who has achieved a high status, high ranking in that army. He is admired by the king. He, God has blessed him to get victory in battle. And so we went over those verses that we didn't read, and we saw how the thing transpired, how the young, ma how the young uh, uh, servant girl had the idea because she was a Hebrew. She knew of the God of Israel. And she says, okay, he can get his healing. But then you see a, a general who leaves disappointed. Why? Because of pride. Because remember, he was a man of stature. He was a man that had money. He was well connected. He had the king under, under he, he, the king is the one who sent the letter. He said, you go because you can get your healing. This is a man who was connected with, that's like being connected with the president. Now, I don't get into the politics of that. But this is, this is where he was. He had money. He had clout connections. I'm, I'm showing you some things here because these are the things a lot of people, a lot of us strive for. We want the things that Naaman had. He had all that. He had grace with his, with his leader. But the first verse brings out something very, very important about this man that had, for the most part, everything that a man could want. He was a leper. What am I saying? Leprosy represents what? Sin. So with all that you have, sin is still present. You got to deal with that. Now, Naaman found out there is a possible way we can deal with this leprosy. And I want you to understand, if you don't already know, there is a way to deal with sin. There's a way to deal with it. We're going to find out how not to deal with it. 
and we're going to find out how we can deal with it. Verse 13. Go back to verse 13 real quick. It says, let's see. If I can find it. Okay. It says, but his officers tried to reason with him because he, remember, he stalked off, upset. You know what he said? He said, I thought he would come out and meet me. Elijah didn't even come out the house. This is a general. He's expect he's he's accustomed to people standing up and, and, and bowing down to him and having respect for him. I'm a man of honor. I'm a man of achievement. I have money. What I didn't read for you is how much money he brought with him to pay for this healing. He brought, look at this. He brought. Oh, here it is. Listen to this. See if you can wrap your head around this. 750 pounds of silver. <laughs> 150 pounds of gold. Now, they have, now, keep in mind, silver and gold were not of value then as they are to us now. But that still was a lot of money. This is what he brought with him. So he had the letter from the king, and he brought all this money, plus clothes to give to the one that heals him of his leprosy. So at least he recognized how important it was to get rid of that leprosy that he would be willing to pay all this money for it. So he recognized that. Do we recognize how important it is to get to deal with the sin issue in our lives. Do we realize the value and what was paid for us? What the price was that paid for our redemption, that paid to get rid of our sin. Yeah, he said our sin was thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. He said as far as the earth is from heaven, how so far have I uh, uh, cast your sins away from you? But what price was it? Somebody said, salvation is free, but it wasn't cheap. Amen. Let's see. So, salvation is free. But we look at a, a process that's going on here where a man thought that he could buy his deliverance. How many of us recognize that money can't buy everything? You can, t you know that's true. You know it's true because you look at what is, you know, all these people that are multi-billionaires. All of them have some problems that their money won't fix. There are some things that money cannot buy. There was a song a long time ago say. Money won't buy you love. <laughs> you cannot buy some things. And this sin issue would not be able to be bought with all that money and clothes. And we're going to read what happened with that in just a minute. But you see in verse 13 where after he stalks off in a rage, 
because he didn't get the respect he thought he should get. He stalks off in a rage, and look at verse 13. He says, but his officers tried to reason with him. This is just uncommon sense here. You know, you heard of common sense. This is uncommon sense. And they said to him, sir, talking about their general, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? This is very common because people believe that I have to do something to gain this salvation. I got to do something. I got to go to church on Sunday and, and I have to be present. I have to get my check mark. Forget about the rest of the set six days. Don't, it doesn't matter what I do the other six days. As long as I'm there on Sunday and get my little check mark on God's little chalkboard, I'm good the rest of the week and do what I want to do. What have we decided is enough for God? What have we decided? I know people. That ought to get me in. I'm in st I have status. I know God knows. How many people get saved and they think God is, is so happy that you're here? Like, they, like God needs us. We had a good Sunday school lesson. I call it Sunday school. We used to call it Sunday school. Power hour lesson this morning. And we found out about that. That whole idea. Of what the price is. The price is. The price is, is, is high. But we can't pay it anyway. And we're going to look at that in just a second. So it says. They reasoned with. If, you, if he had asked you to do something uh, very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply go wash and be cured. Do you understand what I just said? It's the simplicity of the Lord's salvation. There is nothing to do. The work is already done. And I never forget what I think it was Joshua said, I set, or was it Moses? I set before you death and life, blessing and cursing. I'm setting it before you. I'm giving you the choice, but you have to make the choice. Now, look, I like this example. If you've ever been in college or in school, you have tests to take, right? And the test means you have studied, right? Most of the time you study, right? I know who you know. <laughs> I'm, one of the, I'm one of those too. I can take a test. I didn't study. But what if you had a test and the instructor hands out the booklets to take the test and you, everybody have a, have a test booklet. Raise your hand if you don't have one. Get, everybody got a pencil. You make sure you got a pencil. Everybody got it. Then goes around and hands out the answers to the test. Go ahead and take your test. That's what he gave him. He says, I said for you before de death and life, blessing and cursing. He then he says, he gives them the answer. Choose life. That you might live. You 
it would not be nice if you had been had all the, all the answers to your tests. A amen. There's people that don't graduate because they don't have the answers. That don't make it because they don't have the answers. This world is in trouble because they don't have the answers. And the answer's right in front of them. The answer's there. It's been there all, all along. All you have to do is open the book. Open the answer's in the book. Isn't that something? The answer's in the book. Go wash and be cured. It's so simple. And in verse 14, let's see. Let's look at Titus 3.5. I think I got that on the list. Titus 3.5 says, It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's by his what? Mercy. Mercy means what? He does not reward you according to your sin. He does not give you what you deserve. He holds it back, what you deserve. And then he gives you something that you don't deserve, and that's called grace. How many of us, raise your hand if you deserved to be saved. I can't see Zoom land and the other Facebook face. I, I imagine no hands went up. Nobody here deserves. Not because you're, you're beautiful. Not because you uh, have their PhD. You, you, they call you doctor, don't they? No, but you, yeah, they can call you doctor all day, but there's a great physician that's above you. I'm, I just want, just in case you didn't know it. Not because you have the most money in the bank. That doesn't qualify you, not this time. You went through life thinking that those things would get you where you wanted to go. But this is different. Sin has to be addressed. Quickly looking at verse 14 and 15. And I'm going to wrap this up with these verses. Verse 14 says, So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. What? Do you know that you know you've heard that 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 saying is as soft as a baby's bottom? Can you imagine this man having gone through the process of leprosy over years where he just notices his skin peeling off, his skin drying up, dead, loss of feeling, dis dis disfigurement, fingers start to hang. People don't want to be around you where they would actually put gloves on their hands they would put their, now this was a man who was a, he was a general, so he had armor on his body, and then they would put a, 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 a hoodie over their head and, and a mask over their face as far as you could see, just so they could see and breathe to cover it up. How many of us have sin that has been covered up? You're covering it up. You're putting on the mascara, the makeup, the, 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 the hair pieces and the mustaches and all that stuff to cover up what's really on the inside. Because I tell you one thing, you're covering it. You might be, I might not see it. I got stuff in me, you may never see it. 
But just as Moses decided he gonna kill a kill an Egyptian, and he looked, it says he looked left and he looked right, and he didn't see no man, so he kills him, thinking he got away with it. He forgot to look up. You can't hide from God. You think you can do your dirty work behind closed doors, and if you close the door, <clears throat> if it's night, the deepest of night, and you close the door and you shut the blinds and you. Turn off the light where you can't even see to walk. You might trip. And you can do your dirty work and you think nobody can see. And you think you can walk out the next day and nobody knows. But God sees. Because what's dark to us is light to him. I'm sorry. I, I, I you know, you didn't ask. So I would have I told you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, how many people you know didn't know that God can see in the dark yeah he sees and he sees what's behind that armor you have covering up he knows what's in there he knows the stuff the you know the stuff that's in the closet that you don't want nobody you know you get you get guests over you want to make sure that closet is closed up you don't want nobody to see what's in there there's we all have these closets and we hope nobody ever sees it. What's in your closet? Do you have pride in there? Pride and arrogance. Unforgiveness. Oh, didn't we talk about that a few weeks ago? <clears throat> you know, greed. Uh, prejudice. Prejudice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm not prejudiced. Till you get that right person in your midst or in your hearing or that conversation. And then the truth comes out. You had it behind the armor. Now somebody has taken it off. And the real you is being exposed. That first verse. It said he had all this stuff, but he was a leper. We have all this stuff. We have all that we need, we think. But what? Sin. Sin. So let's look at these last two verses. Verse 14 says, So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God instructed him, and his skin became healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Verse 15. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, Now, I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Please, so please accept a gift from your servant. So you see, this is a this is a powerful situation because you see a man whose pride he goes away without healing because of his pride. How many of us let what's behind this armor? Keep us from the blessings of God. God has blessing for us, but we have to do some steps. There's some steps. And we see these steps when we look at these verses. The first step, obedience. Obedience. 
Abraham was justified because what did he do? God told him, go to a place which I'm going to show you. You've never been there before. And leave everything behind. Leave your people. Leave your culture. Leave everything you know because I'm going to take you somewhere else. I'm going to show you. And when you get there, I'll let you know. How many people are ready to do that? But that's what he's saying. Obedience. Obey first. That's the first step. Obedience. And so once he got over his pride, once common, uncommon sense kicked in, those around him said, look, master, <laughs> you know, we know who you are. We know what you can do. And that's what we have to remember. It's not about how good we are, how big we are, how smart, who we know. It's not about how much money you have. Elisha didn't even acknowledge the money. He didn't even come out the house. And this man had, I don't know of the value of, so 15,000 <laughs> 15, pounds. <laughs> how many pounds is that thing? Did, did, I, did, I, did I say that? Okay. 700, no, 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 I'm talking about the gold. 150 pounds of gold. I think that's about, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how much a gold bar weighs. It's probably about 25 pounds. Would you say, Brother Chucky? About 25 pounds? So 150 pounds would be equivalent to about what? Six gold bars. <laughs> Six gold bars today in today's market? I have no clue how much money that is. But he was ready to give it up. And the man of God didn't even acknowledge it. Why? Look at Mark. I think it's in Mark. Let me find out here. Where am I at? Mark 8.36. It says, What shall that profit a man if he will gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Jesus was being tempted and the devil said, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in an instant and says if you bow down and worship me he says what I'm going to give you all this all the money in the world was not enough all this money that this man had was not, uh, was not enough it wasn't even he didn't even acknowledge that it was valuable in God's kingdom the stuff we call valuable down here that's not valuable. You talking about gold? When we get where we're going, guess what they're going to do with the gold? They're going to put it on the street and make, use it for asphalt instead of asphalt. That's, that's the difference between the value system of God and the value system of man. All of that in the world could not buy one soul. That's how valuable one soul is. But look, let's see. Okay, so that was 15. So, okay, so what has happened? His, his skin is like a baby's skin, brand new. But it's not over yet. There's more to this. 
And we see that in that final verse. It says, this is after the, he's healed. Verse so Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except Israel. With your healing, you need to make sure salvation is a part of that. It does no good to have healing of your body and your soul's not saved. Because this is about salvation. This is not just about healing. Healing has to be complete. If you're healed on the outside but not healed on the inside, you don't have complete healing. The man that was let down through the roof, Jesus looks at the man and says, they let him down through the roof so he could be healed of his flesh, right, of his body. Because he was, he was lame. He couldn't walk. They let him down through the roof. And Jesus didn't say to him, get up and walk first. First thing he said was what? Your sins be forgiven. And when they heard him say that, they said, whoa, who's this guy I think he is? But Jesus says, is it harder to say thy sins be forgiven as it is to say, take up your bed and walk, which is harder for me? Okay, who are we talking about here? Oh, he's just the guy that created the, he the, the heavens and the earth, the universe. He, he, you know, he's just that guy, you know. So it's no, it's, there's no easy, it's not easier, it's not harder. There's no, what, what can God not do? Is any, I just put, put it, let me say it like this. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And so he went away, not just healed, but he says, now I know. There's no God in all the world except in Israel. You gotta, it's, it's good to have that physical healing, but I'm telling you right now, when you die, you're going to need that salvation part of it because heaven is not going to allow you in. You can have all the healing in your body, but when you leave this life, they, we used to sing a song, you know, uh, got my ticket in my hand. Don't you want to go? Yes, I want to go. You cannot get on this train without a ticket. You might be beautiful on the outside. You might have money. You might have connections and clout. You might have prestige and education. But this train is boarding, and you've got to have a ticket to get on it. And when is your ticket going to be required of you? When you leave this life. When are you going to leave this life? You don't know. You don't know if you're going to make, if you might leave this, I might leave this life today. I don't know. But one thing I do know, like the blind man said, once I was blind, now I see. I got my ticket in my hand. I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? That's the question. Because, it, it, you know, uh, the, 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 answer to the, the, the answer to your problem is the same answer that was given to Naaman. Go wash. If you do it, if you go and wash, you'll be healed. You'll be cured. You'll be delivered. You'll be set free if you go wash. This morning, the, the, 
the uh, uh, let's see what were we talking about this morning? Where he, 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 he the blind blind Bartimaeus was told, "Go, your he you your faith has healed you." So that one, Jesus said, "Go, your faith has healed you." Here he says, "Go, so you can get saved." It's, it's kind of reversed. But the same thing applies. All you have to do is go. Just go. And I'm wrapping this up. Let's see. Bear with me one second. How did I get on this page? This is not. I'm having a failure here. Let me get back. I don't know how I got here. Let me find out. Okay, here we go. I got. <laughs> I have to go wash my computer out here. So those last verses are the key here. Naaman went down, he dipped himself as he was told. He was obedient. That's the first step. Right? And he was obedient when his faith recovered. His, his pride got in the way at first. And then he then some uncommon I, I it's not common sense because it's uncommon sense. It's not common sense to have faith. Faith is uncommon. This is why God would say it's impossible to please him without it. You must be able to be obedient to God despite the fact you can't see. You don't know what the outcome is. You don't know why he's sending you. You don't know where necessary he's sending you, but you have to go. Because if you go and wash, you get your deliverance. You get your answer. Trusting in God is, is not always easy. We're trusting in something that's future. We cannot see it. How many of us have trusted the Lord before? And we know that he's capable of doing anything he says. That's where you have to be. Because every subsequent time the Lord enters into you and injects himself into your situation, the next time you go through a, tri a trial and a crisis, you're a, little, you're a little bit better off. You're a little bit more apt to say, okay, I'll do it. Because last time he delivered me. Last time he fixed it. Last time he brought me through. So this time I'm going to be able to trust him. Amen. Now I know. Do you know today? Do you know that he's the Lord of lords and king of kings? And the only way you know that is if he's Lord of your heart. If he's Lord and king of kings in you. If he's Lord of your, of your life and king of kings in you, then you know that he will do what he said he'll do. And he, even though I might not understand it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Now I know. And when we find out how much we know. So here's the question. Have you been washed? Have you been washed? That's a personal. And that, that answer to that is personal. You're the only one that knows the answer to that. Have you been washed? If you have, you know that there's no God like our God. And money cannot buy what we're talking about here. 
Prestige will not help you here. Who you know is not going to help you here. Because we're talking about a holy God. We're talking about a God that's bigger than anything you got. He's not interested in anything you got. Anything you have, you were given. You don't have anything that wasn't given to you. I say given meaning you didn't make it yourself. You didn't create anything. Somebody else gave it to you, whether you bought it with money or not. Have you been washed? Acts 10, uh, Acts 16, verses 30 and 31. This is when Paul and Silas were in jail. And uh, you know the story. The Lord shook the place. There was an earthquake, and their chains came off. This was, I believe they were, they, weren't they singing songs and praising the Lord? Praising the Lord and singing songs in jail. At midnight. How many have ever been through a midnight scenario in life? Darkest time of the night. Darkness in your life. Dark, dark scenarios. Hard times. Times when you couldn't find, you, you couldn't, you, you know, I tell the story. When I go to my cabin, I couldn't find no food. Dark times. Hard times. And God shows up. Are you washed? We don't have to go to the Jordan to wash, do we? Because what? We're washed in the blood. Are you washed in the blood? The cleansing power of the blood. Yes, are you washed? The word of God will wash you clean. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living it's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. That's the only thing that can pierce. This was able to pierce this commander's armor. We sometimes need something to pierce our souls and get past the armor, past what we want everybody else to see of us, to that place where we really are, where people don't really know. Only person that knows us is the Lord himself. But his word will pierce. His word will heal. His word will turn us around. Are you washed? If you're not washed, go. Be washed. Be healed. Healing in your families. Healing in your marriages. Healing in your relationships with the kids. Healing in, in your mind, some of us have problems in our thinking, and we need to be healed. Mental illness is real. Mental illness is not just demons. A lot of times we want to call it death. The devil did this. The devil. Look, let me just, you know, before I sit down, let me let me tell you something. We give the devil a lot of credit for stuff that he did nothing not the devil necessarily sometimes it is but most of the time it's not it's just, you know, mental illness is just like physical illness and I know some people want to say anytime you're sick in your body it's the devil everything ain't the devil you know sin sin is much, much more of a problem than the devil because what the Bible tells us about the devil 
It says what? Greater is he that's in me. What am I worried about the devil for? I care about no devil. I don't even, you notice I don't even call him by his name. I don't think he, he, he don't deserve being called by his name. I just call him the devil. Because I ain't thinking about him. But sin, I have to deal with that. I have to deal with me. We have to deal with ourselves. There's something behind us sometimes, something hidden inside of us. We need the, the power of God's word to pierce, to get in there, to dig that thing out and bring it to the forefront and be real. Amen. God bless you. Be healed. Amen.